So it's come to this. We're back. We sure are. Hi, guys. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And uh, we're still locked down, and we're still watching movies, and we're still thinking about everything that's going on right now. We've kind of been in that kick lately, where there's some movies that are feeling more relevant now and more uh, prescient. Right. I'm feeling like art holding up the mirror to society is kind of a big thing in my head right now. Yeah. So I feel like we're watching some movies that are trying to, not trying, some movies that maybe are putting that mirror up to us. Uh, what we're going through, what we're seeing in real life. Yeah, we've just done uh, RoboCop and Bad Lieutenant the last couple weeks. Two totally true to life, you know, <laughs> Very... real honest reflections of normal, you know, society. Yeah, exactly what as we're should be going it. on. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, and both of those movies hit harder for me uh, watching them right now, big time. And so now we're kind of getting in a slightly different direction, but all related. Because we're got a we got a big one. This is uh, this, <laughs> this kind of relates to like this is an important part of our podcast history because it relates back to our very first episode. That's true. Uh, if you go back, uh, geez, what fifty plus episodes now? Our, yeah. Our first episode was on us way way back in uh, what April or so of two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Eons ago. Yeah, it's been so long. Just a long time ago, and Can't Jordan Peele's. Follow up to today's episode, which is Get Out. So yeah. now, now we've kind of gone. I feel like there's a full circle happening, right? Yeah. Well, I remember uh, us being our first episode was not uh, an accident. That was an that was something that we both agreed on. Like, oh, this would make a great first episode. We had just seen it; it had just come out, mm-hmm. so it was very relevant, and a lot of people were talking about. It. So it's like, yeah, let's get our opinion on it. that. Was like our we jumped in purpose. the deep end, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, we've obviously meant to be to get this movie up even quicker than this. I, I expected to do this movie way back. Totally started. So this has been one of my favorites since I've seen it uh, back in 2017. Just just decades ago. It feels <laughs> like God, it feels forever ago, man. I was uh, <laughs> I was watching. I I watched this movie again last night, and it was the first time I'd seen it since originally seeing it in the theater which was you know february of 2017 yeah so i had not seen it since no part of it and man it was just bringing me back oh my god it holds up right it holds up so good and i'm so excited to talk about it i i was really like transported back to seeing it and like you said Three years ago, it feels forever ago. <laughs> yeah, feels forever ago when, since I've seen some of these visuals, but they were still like so fresh as I was seeing them. It's that dairy main thing where you're remembering more the more you're totally right <laughs> exposed you're to coming it. You back know? to it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, this movie when it came out was such of its moment because I think we'd already had Ferguson uh, riots. We, yeah, this you know the 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 idea of race relations in America not being great was a big deal even three four years ago Mm -hmm. and man watching it again yeah i watched it again today when it's Uh, demonstrably worse and it's yeah three years it feels almost just even more yeah even more prescient yeah watching it now and also it is such a fucking great movie oh my god it is expertly made supremely crafted so rewatchable, probably the most rewatchable movie for me, like of the decade of this last decade. Yeah, that was a major joy for me. Is since I've never, this is my only second time seeing it, so I had no idea how I'd respond to the rewatch. I was excited as hell for the mm-hmm. rewatch, but you know, you notice different things. Certain things hold up, certain things get better. This movie was just nothing but getting better. Totally. Like, oh my god, it had that same effect that. The Usual Suspects had. Remember the first time I saw Usual Suspects? It was one of those weekends where my mom and sister went to like visit my mom's mm-hmm. 
sister <laughs> one of those some and me sister. yeah and some other woman and uh you know me and my dad stayed home the weekend and it was like we'd always rent movies right and it was always stuff that like my mom wouldn't care about seeing so me and my dad rented usual suspects and it was so cool but it's very complicated mm-hmm. i thought oh well the big thing is the reveal at the end once you know that you know now nah, the second time you watch it then you're just noticing different behaviors you're just looking at things differently so cer- certain yeah. movies can have a big, weird, unexpected reveal, but then hold up even better on rewatch because the other details stay strong. Yeah, Get Out is the best kind of example of that. It's so much stronger scene to scene yeah. than I remembered. And it's funny, when it first came out, remember, the in my mind, the big kind of... Uh, the news of the movie was that this co- comedy guy, Jordan Peele, was yeah. going into horror and how like everyone's like, all right, we'll see how this goes. And then when it went, you know, pretty well. Now, oh you know, now we, I look back and it's like three years later looking at it like uh, as a horror movie without thinking of it as this comedy guy who went into horror, who is sure. now making a horror movie. So there is funny stuff in it. There, there's a funny character. Uh-huh. There's a lot of light moments. But uh, this movie, for me, the, the real horror aspect definitely comes through. God, I was terrified last night. Yeah. And... This movie is such a major historic deal. I mean, it is huge. Not only was it so important to actually put focus on race, kind of making, you know, bringing eyeballs to this kind of thing as an issue and presenting it in a different kind of way. Since then, we've had a lot more really good movies that are covering all these things with totally different tones. Movies like Blind Spotting or The Hate You Give, which mm-hmm. was a, a movie I really loved. And uh, the 13th is like the biggest movie on Netflix right now. Yeah. About the 13th Amendment. Right. Um, uh, yeah. There was one this past year uh, that was also really good. Queen and Slim. And all of these things all have these situations that are being brought to light with the different ways black people are treated. Yeah. And I think it's important because it's putting it out on a medium that, you know, some people are just oblivious to this as an actual thing. And the more you see these images and the more you see these situations that are not played for laughs and are played for genuine horror, mm-hmm. and you realize it's horror because it's actually happening and actually people go through, I think the movie's incredibly important for something like that. It came out at the right time, as you said. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's still the right time three yeah, years later. It's even more the right time. Um, so this movie felt just so much more relevant now, which I wasn't expecting. You know, I, it just c- occurred to me that this movie, we're talking about it being political and showing uh, the idea of race relations. If I mean, if you don't know anything about Get Out, it's a big, you know, black experience in America versus the white experience in America. Yeah. And the white kind of uh, experience maybe hmm. profiting on, taking advantage of the black experience. Uh, Uncut Gems gets into the same thing. Yeah. But this movie has this political message delivered like a Twilight Zone episode Mm -hmm. where it gives you this fantasy (laughs) scenario that perfectly has, you know, perfectly encapsulates the analogy of what's going on without someone having to sit there and and lecture the audience about it. So I, it's a, yeah, it's fascinating how it can be a political movie, but it doesn't feel like that takes away from the plot, the actual, the actual like pace or development or, you know, atmosphere of the movie. This movie is, you said Uncut Gems, and I really hadn't thought to compare them, but there was a certain stress that I had throughout this whole movie that was different than the stress that I felt throughout the entirety of Uncut Gems. Right. Every scene in this movie, even when it shouldn't be, just starts getting more and more hostile Mm -hmm. and more and more subtly intense as it grows, you know, not subtly at first, kind of, but the longer you're in the middle of these scenes that kind of go on a little longer than you'd expect, the more uncomfortable they get. And it's just this intense, weird stress tension. Totally. That, oh my God, it kept giving me memories of seeing it just like this movie is constantly having you deja vu moments and these recollections. I was put back into the theater seeing it. We saw it in the you know big ass theater twelve mm-hmm. at the Roxy, the giant screen where we saw us, which yeah. was terrifying when it's covering that much of your vision. <laughs> the best screen, love it. But we saw it here on that screen, and 
the movie's close-ups are horrifying. The looks into eyeballs in this movie, it's all so intense the whole way through. And I was just brought back to how like genuinely scared I was through a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. It keeps this tension growing throughout the movie so good. Well, it's got a perfect opening shot that really sets the tone of horror where we see Lakeith uh, Stanfield get uh, abducted in this oh, white man. neighborhood. That's one of those. It's That is, to me, one of the perfectly like executed horror movie shots. Like you oh, would yeah. put that on a reel next to Mike Myers. It'd be, you know, opening of Halloween or something that tracking oh, totally. shot, one shot following him, the car going by, coming back, the music coming up at the end. It's just like, Oh, it chills you. Yeah. And then the movie just keeps going from there and ratcheting it up. Yeah. Little by I, little throughout the movie. Going into this movie, uh, as I like to do, I didn't know what was what it was about and the movie is so good at you know i i went in knowing nothing i knew a i knew jordan peele did it yeah and uh you know i knew a, i heard a couple of the actors but not beyond that didn't know the plot and after that first scene which like you said you brought up the halloween car tracking shot the car disappearing you know which is so great yeah so great this was such a great use of that such a great use of it and that this whole scene i'm going in knowing nothing about this movie and already it feels like total class (laughs) it feels like it knows exactly what to take and how to take it yeah all the best horrors totally there's just something in that opening shot like the cinematography the pacing the patience of following him and setting that mood that the movie is so assured Mm -hmm. of what it's doing right off the bat And for like this, yeah, for, so when you're seeing it thinking, oh, this comedy guy is giving horror a chance and you're like, oh, this is, this is legit from yeah. the very first I, I also like the, the cold open horror movie uh, type where they, there's no music in the first scene, mm-hmm. you know, no score yet. We do a cold open into something happening. Right. And it has a lot of my other favorite horror visuals, you know, like night sidewalks <laughs> <laughs> exactly i love night you know like Empty i'm thinking streets. of jeffrey beaumont and sandy walking down a sidewalk in blue velvet very you know, blue I'm thinking velvet. about you know a lot of night sidewalks in movies like halloween yeah i just love how the oh love how it looks so it's like they nail so much that look and feel that i love and it's scary man the guy the idea of you know looking back the car doors open he nails it so hard that it's like oh okay yeah this is what we're over. It's so class. You know you're in right then. Totally. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the movie has such a way of, uh, you know, then we follow Chris, uh, the black guy meeting the white girlfriend's parents. And yeah. if you've seen the movie, you know it devolves from there. But the, the whole process of him meeting and things being uncomfortable, but kind of, you know, the dad's making bad dad jokes. Yeah. And then things, just the patience <laughs> that this movie takes. To really build to the ultimate kind of climax so of, this of is, what happens. This is a thing I noticed I last night. I this movie grew in so many ways for me. The performances all grew. You know, everything was on the upswing for yeah. me on on this rewatch. And I love the length of you know how they let some scenes go on long. I like that kind of stuff, and I like how they did it. So everything was like a big plus. But the movie did feel so long this is an hour and 40 minute movie and these scenes are so long and so kind of draining in a lot of ways that i'm like constantly checking the time i was like how if how if i only watched 12 minutes of this and it's felt like so long because you're trapped well have you ever met a girlfriend's parents for the first time and had to have dinner with their shithead brother and it's a oh grueling grueling process in high school <laughs> we uh we had these uh th- there was a marriage project where you get partnered up with a with another student for high school yeah this seems normal yeah, okay right? keep going and you pl- you it, it's, never heard of it's it but like i have no qualms yet and so you plan out the expenses that it would take to get married and you know it's an exercise like that right but you had to treat it like real so i spent a lot of time <laughs> with my with my future wife and you had to go and eat dinner at each other's house. What? Yeah. 
I went to like a, a Christian school. This is not cool, man. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her dad didn't play along. <laughs> I her dad strong-armed this whole conversation. Wait, was, so you were supposed insane. to go over there as if you were married yeah, to her yeah. I was and like, be like, so me and Stacy uh, yeah. really enjoyed Jenny. <laughs> Jenny. I went over to Jenny's house. We're, we're really enjoying uh, being married. <laughs> yeah. uh, great casserole, Mrs. H. Yeah. Yeah. I was like 15. Holy <laughs> shit. That's a horror 15. movie. It was horrifying. That is a horror movie. It brought me right back. That's like a Wes Anderson horror movie. Yeah. It was crazy. The Marriage Project by I Wes Anderson. I wore a tie. Anderson. It's like 15. Yeah, you're married. You got to wear a tie, right? Oh. That's what married guys do. They wear ties. Yeah. That's amazing. And Jenny and I went on to be married for 13 years. So you know what Chris goes through. Yeah. I relate 100% to Chris's every situation in life. You get it. Just from that. Guys, what we're saying is we get it. You know? I'm I'm Daniel Kaluuya. It's true. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, but this movie is able to bring so much unexpected intensity scene to scene in scenes that start that you don't expect to be intense in scenes that you do expect to be you know horrified it's like they keep exceeding expectations by just drawing things out and letting people kind of glance and glare at each other and it adds so much for me on this rewatch because i never know where any scene is going Every scene in this movie feels very connected to every other scene. It's great, greatly edited movie. Yeah, it, but again, that 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 goes to the rewatch factor. Yeah. Like, not only is it great watching the characters from a second angle, but all the little bits of dialogue that give you these little clues and hints, and yeah, you know, uh, seeing things on that second level. All of the acting came off so good to me this time. I loved it the first time through. I always loved this movie. But the acting is so good. The characters are so good. Allison Williams is really good. Mm. And she is somebody who's got years being criticized as, like, wooden on girls. Nobody liked Marnie. Right. You know? I was like, where do I know her from? Yeah. Nobody yeah. liked Marnie. It's the three episodes of Girls I watched. Where I was like, <laughs> this show's not for me. I'm going to stop watching now. I watch so much Girls, man. Uh, that was so dumb. Not for me. Not for um, me. <laughs> I'm a... Yeah. But Marnie is like the weakest character of the show. But she's so good in this. She's yeah. awful. She's good. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, my God. He's this amazing. Is, this is an Oscar nomination performance. I forget. Did he... He did get one. He did get one. I know Jordan Peele would. Uh, Jordan Peele won, he won for screenplay for original screenplay. Kaluuya, I'm positive Kaluuya got a nomination. Because my God, did he deserve it? This is one of the greatest horror performances in horror history. Yeah, Jordan Peele also got a nomination for director, and it got a best, best picture. picture nomination. Four and, b- and Kaluuya got the four nominations, best actor. but four big categories. Yeah, uh, and a big win. So, but Kaluuya, seriously, this is, if a performance like uh, Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas is probably my favorite female horror movie performance, or Zora Lampert in mm-hmm. Let's Scare Jessica to Death, there's some strong contenders. Kaluuya is right up there for my favorite male performance. I was going to say he's the Scream King. He's- yeah. <laughs> Whole, I mean, his eyes, man. Oh, yeah. His eyes carried this movie his eyes are the most expressive beautiful color changing uh you know how red they get when he is crying it's mm-hmm. just these expressive eyes and i remember seeing it on that gigantic movie theater screen the close-ups in this movie of chris are harrowing he is going through crazy mental torture yeah and his reactions throughout this movie and in dealing with people and in weathering these uncomfortable conversations. Exactly. And trying to play off stuff that is totally unacceptable. Making nothing but the polite and uh, expected decision every time. This right. guy is like keeping, he is really giving people well, he, long leashes. He tries to, def- you know, he's like this diffuser where he's just trying to play. And he has this backstory about how his mom dies and he didn't do anything. So he's got this personality of like internalizing everything, yeah, not acting out. And 
that is such a difficult thing to do. Like the idea of, <laughs> you know, you always hear like the, well, you don't play a drunk. You play a guy who's drunk, but trying not to act drunk. Like, right. so this guy is playing. Oh yeah. I, I know, remember like, hearing Martin Landau talk about his performance as Bella Lugosi. Right. In Ed Wood, where he, he said people were praising my accent, but he's like, I wasn't doing an accent. I was doing a man with an accent trying to hide his accent. There it's you like, go. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, like, so, what are you, like, oh my gosh. In so, this movie, Chris is a guy who's being put upon with uh, stereotypes, and he's being talked down to the entire time. It's in a subtle way for, for at least the first half of the movie. Yeah. But he's a guy that is, he, he, his performance shows you he's used to it, he's, he knows how to handle it, he knows how to deflect, he well, knows how to like internalize this. Uh, it's just like, he yeah, is, it's brilliant. He's so magical, but it's that second viewing that really made me unexpectedly talk about surprises really love the allison williams performance because just like with usual suspects here's some spoilers for a 25 year old movie <laughs> so here's a pause anyway when you figure out kaiser sose is spacey yeah i figured oh god it's a big twist you know that's coming the whole movie like it takes out that big surprise but then you get to watch I, I'm really happy to be praising Kevin Spacey. Yeah, right this now. is that feels I, I, good. I know exactly where this is going. Uh, <laughs> feels He's great, great right now. Uh, we love him. But you see his reactions when you know that he's the guy, and you read him a totally different way. Yeah, it's yeah. So much, it's fun in a different way than the first viewing was. In this movie, even though I know a lot of what's coming, now I'm looking at Allison Williams, and you can see all the different ways she's gaslighting this dude from the first scene she's in mm-hmm. that you're not expecting because she plays it so normally and they seem very genuine. I think they have good chemistry as a couple. She's good at, yeah, is she? You buy it. I in buy it. The first time. Their relationship seems nice. And uh, watching it again uh, today, the the term white ally came into my mind. and Totally. Uh, how she's this kind of performative white ally who's like no you don't have to show him the id that's bullshit blah 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 yeah and secretly it, it doesn't seem like an it didn't seem like an act when i was watching it the first time through yeah uh because i'm not expecting it this seems like a character that allison williams would play <laughs> right <laughs> and uh and then watching it when i know it's all performative it just takes that that edge and it made every scene so much more uncomfortable for me and she was just really strong through a lot of this movie in ways she I she definitely does not get credit for. Nobody's, nobody's praising Allison Williams. Yeah, I mean, well, she's up against you know Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener and and uh, it's a Stephen Root gets in there. And Everybody does so much Lakeith, with yeah, their screen time. So much is going on in this there. movie. Yeah. I loved all the choices performances, except maybe a little less Caleb Landry Jones. Who's that one? He's the brother. Yeah. I love my man. He's but a he, bit much. You know, he's a bit much. He's a cool guy, but this is—he's a lot on rewatch. He was the most like. Forgot how much Caleb Landry Jones uh, got in this. Yeah, like, he's very—he's uh, a little too aggressive. But I—I I do in general, and even with him in some of it, love the character choices and the decisions. Mm-hmm. One of Bradley Whitford's best roles. He's so he's good. great, and Catherine Keener is a favorite of mine and she's great i love how she's evolved herself as an actor she's still katherine keener but i love her in these kind of roles you and i've talked about being john malkovich that's a movie yeah. we're obviously gonna have there's, to do there's at a, some there's point. some there's some competing kind of ideas in in those this one and, and that With one yeah not only the ideas but that's it's got that same thread of katherine keener specific Eye-narrowing intensity. <laughs> Big hair. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that sleek Maxine hair. In the, oh, uh, that's true. That's in, true. I'm thinking of Diaz got the big hair. Uh, yeah. But, oh, man, she is so good. And like I said, I love the Bradley Whitford performance. I love him as the dad joke guy in a nice sweater who's also woke. Mm-hmm. And just the like, woke it's, dad it's is all brutal. Classic. It's, it's so good. Just yeah. making the corduroy dad jokes crushing it so strong yeah and and but everybody's strong in it you don't know what's going on with either of the the wait staff well i was gonna say i I, 
we were naming names, we should say Marcus Henderson plays Walter. Yeah. Betty Gabriel plays Georgina. And man, those are those those two are maybe the most difficult performances because those are the most layered. Yeah. Of if you're talking about who those people are. And uh, they're kind of the weirdest ones, too. <laughs> well, we've talked... Georgina and Walter kind of have the most outwardly weird... Sure. Uh, ...unnatural things happening with their, you know, scenes. That's when the movie... The movie's very realistic for the first, you know, 30 minutes. Even the, the abduction in the beginning mm-hmm. plays out not exploitatively. Even the guy's wearing... He is wearing, like, a... The Exterminator 2... Yeah, full like I would have liked flamethrower suit. I would have liked to see a little more of that suit. It's yeah, uh, that suit seems like a weird thing to introduce to just have one callback. Yeah, to. yeah, that's that was funny in rewatch. Right, like wait, the guy made a suit. Yeah, the guy made a whole. We're not like, about the suit, like enough. Iron Man suit for <laughs> yeah, once, like for medieval knight for like a three second shot huh. abductor suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. But everybody, so we. In one of my favorite episodes recently, when we did Boiling Point, mm. we talked at length about everybody doing so much with their one scene of screen time. That movie, Get Out, was hitting me that same way. Definitely. We see that one scene from Walter. Uh, whew. Terrifying. I have no <laughs> idea where that was going. Where he's chopping wood, yeah. Where he's chopping wood, and uh, Chris approaches him, smiling. He's got the creepy smile, widest smile, way too wide eyes, making all sorts of faces that are not acceptable in a social situation. Yeah, they're red flags, but just this like, you know, pleasant but really creepy and hostile, and just the most confusing scene. And uh, Kaluuya is so good at putting us in his situations because of his those eyes man mm. you are put into every one of his reactions and his internal thoughts so strong and it's He's such just a, got, like he can just raise his eyebrows and you can see him kind of going like all right yeah his face up. is so yeah impressively expressive throughout this movie that Every scene, no matter. I just want to be him. I just want to be him. It's, it's the whole being John Malkovich thing. <laughs> Am I the white people in You're this movie? You're experiencing this guy's reactions to this people, and yeah. he is so great at putting you inside what he's feeling. And God, no matter how weird the movie gets and how sci-fi bizarre the plot gets. It's all like you're feeling it through him. It's like, grounded for sure. It's right, so impressive. Yeah. And he's got, like, the backstory that's, like, a sob story, but it's not, you know, it's, like, everything in this movie that could be a cliche is yeah. not. It it handles you know I mean? the things that could be potentially ham-fisted and problematic really well. Yeah. I think it holds up really strong in that regard. Uh, it's so good, though, but everybody makes such great use of their screen time. We get the two Steven Root scenes. He's great. One one yeah. of his best. And I he's, love him. He has a growing list of like genre kind of performances now with his Cohen's work and, and other stuff. Uh, him on Barry, amazing. Oh, I love sure. him on Barry. I, he's one of those guys where I like him more and more every time I see yeah. him. Yeah, but then you go sure. back and watch Jimmy James and you realize, oh, well, Jimmy James is the best. So, oh, I guess Stephen Root's just been great for it's been 25 always great. years. He's, he's, but, still, he's still looking for that stapler. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets two scenes. Yeah. And is just tender and warm and kind and welcoming in one scene. Well, it's like uh, he's the not fake woke. Yeah. He's like the guy who actually, right. who, oh, say, God. who really does seem like he actually gets the it, right? The party scene. That, this, the horrors in this movie and why uh, the performance of you know Chris and the character is so important in putting you there. You're experiencing all these weird real life strange horror creepy situations but then these even more unbearable real life mm-hmm. situations where ne- so i've met my girlfriend's woke family right and her brother almost assaulted me and I'm right getting a brother s- got drunk and wanted to wrestle me which is uncomfortable yeah and now i'm getting a strange sinister tone from the only other black people that are out here right and and that idea of the white people like 
oh, uh, you know, being black is very in fashion. Like they think they're complimenting, yeah, but they're well, then definitely once, not. Also, to find out, imagine. But then you have that second level of of what they're saying. You know, all the compliments of how fit and handsome he is. <laughs> the the first time I went Double back meaning. to uh to visit uh Hillary's parents, mm-hmm. ex girlfriend. Um, it was. We like, don't have to use people's like, real names yeah. too. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> you could just say Sasha. <laughs> well, because you know her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 so <laughs> her parents lived way out in the woods, way out in the foothills. It's like yeah, a four-hour drive. I've heard that. And uh, so already we're going out there, meeting the parents for the first time, and then the very next night her dad's work was having like a big summer barbecue party. So suddenly I also got, and it's a small town, you know, it's Mm -hmm. in the few thousands of people. And so now the, within like 18 hours of meeting the family, I'm also meeting the entire town (laughs) where she like grew up. Yeah. And knew every job. They all want to know all about you. Yeah. Yeah. It is just like you are answering just questions. Like, oh, you are being interviewed in weird ways. And it's fun, but also just uncomfortable because it's a weird environment. Yeah. And I am just a normal, dumb white guy. So put in this situation where you're already getting hostility and feeling uncomfortable about being weirdly put on a pedestal. Right. Then it gets weird just worse with oh also this big once a year party is happening this weekend everybody's gonna be here the worst real life situation to be put (laughs) into when you're already experiencing these other unnecessary situations yeah it's a brutal you are just like chris in this movie (laughs) i'm very i'm chris guys chris washington eric gets it all right oh but his (laughs) No, his performance is so good, it just puts me there. It puts right. me in this guy's right. life. Y- yeah, you don't necessarily have to have that experience to know exactly what's going on. And it's such a great way of demonstrating, kind of in that same like, you know, Twilight Zone way, of you can demonstrate somebody's life experience without telling us. It's, it's the perfect showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How this guy, you know, this isn't the first time he's had white people say inappropriate things to him. Yeah. thinking that they're complimenting him or trying to be polite. <laughs> right. You know, this isn't the first well, time he's had that awkwardness and that that feeling of being on his own, alone, yeah. different from others. I, I like how the movie does play. There is some plausible deniability to some of this stuff. Yeah. And that's where, the, you know, the Aslan Williams character is so important because she's gaslighting him the whole time and making him, you know, doing a genuinely good job of making him realize... Yeah, I know this sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. I know I saw it, but you're right. I guess when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound as, sounds different. Mm-hmm. And she's so good at convincing him that, like, oh, okay, so you're saying this. And it's like, all right, yeah. She's so good at diffusing him. He's a diffuser from tension. She's so low-key manipulative. She's a deflector. If he's yeah. the diffuser, she's able to... He's telling her about, you know, I think your mom hypnotized me. And she just kind of goes, ah, geez, you know. Oh, and then goes like she, on to something else. Yeah. You know, and doesn't want to, like, get, let's not explore that. She's go so on. good at that. And she's so coming off so genuinely nice and tender to his situation. Even if there are performative things, which you can tell he's half embarrassed by and half, like, agreeable with. Mm-hmm. You know, an ally, like you said white ally and i think it's so strong and important to the story and i was just repeatedly blown away by her performance but you mentioned the hypnotizing scene oh yeah so the hypnotizing scene i think i would put that up there with the top 10 horror scenes in a horror movie i think it is so terrifying every second of it Mm -hmm. is terrifying I think that is genuinely one of the scariest scenes I've seen in a movie. And it holds up so well seeing it for the second time. Yeah. Do you do you agree with that? Is Can't that, argue with that? that. No. I, mean, I don't think that's a very controversial statement, but maybe. Well, it comes off of him having... He, he goes outside in the middle of the night to smoke a cigarette. He sees Walter running through the yard. Very weird, but kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, weird. 
you know, sees the woman in the window. That scene was scary as hell in the theater too. Cause yeah, that's like kind I of said, a, this movie a does such scare. a great idea of every scene, not knowing where anything's about to go. Right. It has that Argento kind of feel where, Oh yeah. Sometimes maybe a ventriloquist mannequin is just going to run screaming at you with a knife. Exactly. <laughs> like, Oh, well. so yeah. So there's all that. Happening. There's always that. I mean, and then this dude, Walter, and then you get lured is running into it. straight at him. Yeah. Like a linebacker. And so you're just putting in these weird, strange, afraid situations where things are starting to seem less and less real. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And he's putting me right there. Yeah. So uncomfortable and scared this whole damn movie. But yeah, Catherine Keener definitely takes on this like predatory role in that God. in that scene. And yeah, the effect of the sinking into the into the sunken place. Like, uh, if God, I'm that's scary. That right. Just felt. Uh, yeah, it felt relatable. In uh, a very scary way. Oh, my God. It's... You realize what's happening, and he realizes what's happening. And it's one of those, like, wait, did the interview start mm-hmm. already? Except it's done in the scariest way. Right. And you, the movie's not being, you know... And because he's not a guy who's going to just say, fuck this and leave and walk out, like he's trying to appease well, the, movie's you know, spent, the girlfriend's parents. The he's, movie so has spent so long showing us how patient yeah. Chris is yeah. and how amenable to these people that are trying their best. Mm-hmm. And these dealt with way more offensive people than this. These right. are, these are people that are very well-meaning and uncomfortably trying to make someone comfortable. And the movie does a great job of establishing that. So we get how trusting and you just know, patient, patient, like, yeah, patient is. is a good way to put it. Yeah. He puts up with a lot of shit. And so you realize he's not going anywhere. And it she handles the scene. It reminded me of like an the way an older woman would handle it's so scary to me for the same reason that is the scenes in Under the Skin were so scary to me. Mm. The way how pleasant Scarlett Johansson is in that movie and how nice and how understanding. And Catherine Keener plays like an older, more predatory version of that i could see that never yeah. mind the two different sunken places that exist in yeah each of those movies um that's true yeah but she felt like such a predatory version of that character one of mm-hmm. the greatest uh the female in under the skin oh incredible and katherine keener in you know seven minutes makes it so much more sinister and less understanding and using emotions and memories to manipulate. And, oh my God, every second of that scene is horrifying to me. From the the sound of the spoon scraping and yeah. the, the beautiful rhythm that it makes that kind of stutters occasionally but feels... Him him uh, scratching the armrests. Uh-huh. Like I feel like I'm gonna see the fingernails chip off. Yeah, kind of an effect. Oh, that, it makes, that really it, the it makes the, uh, the tips of your really fingers under the nail burn. Yeah, watching it. Yeah, for like, sure. See, it, you know, for it, real. it's palpable. Yeah, and his eyes as he's starting to cry and revisit these memories and be forced back. We recently just watched and loved and talked for ages about Manhunter. It had that same deep. Uh, getting into somebody else's thoughts, mm-hmm. intensity. We've watched Dr. Sleep and talked about that. It's that same way of rifling through somebody's file folders in their brain. Totally. And to be able to do it in such a visually cool, relatable way. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, so it's a theme we've come back to a lot, and this is by far the scariest it's been. It's always been presented as a bad thing, and a scary thing the doctor sleep <laughs> scenes were were very strong mm-hmm. with that and this is so intense for me and just watching his eyes tear up and those tears falling down those cheeks and the moment you realize when she at first she's asking questions that seem like she's helping him get somewhere and then that moment you realize that she's actually guiding this and not for good ways right is so strong. She's trapping and, him in a corner. Yeah, she keeps keep, she keeps taking out the areas of the room that he can stand in. Mm. You know, she's closing him off. The tiles are falling away from the floor. Yeah, and you don't realize that at first. Even on second viewing, you can you're watching her, waiting for it to happen. But 
it's not there from the beginning. It's a subtle, slow turning the dial every single sentence. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so strong in their time in this movie. It's so great. The individual performances are so strong, the way they all come together. But that scene, the darker it gets and the more scary it gets when you're watching his tears fall and his eyes get pained. Yeah. Those eyes are the saddest, most pain, most... And the way he's fighting through it, the way he kind of like plays it, not like a guy who's crying, but as a guy who's trying not to cry. Totally. When your voice is breaking, when you're emotionally unexpected and caught off guard, and you're trying to control it, that's his whole scene. It's agonizing. The way he kind of does the awkward, (laughs) you know, to kind of like try to... Hitch his voice. He's to trying shake to mentally it. shake it off. Yeah, yeah. You can see him kind of try to try to shake it off. We've all seen people speak at funerals or talked ourselves at funerals or places where you know people will get emotional when talking and when reminiscing, and you see most people hold it back, and mm-hmm. it looks tough, and we all recognize it, and it's all relatable. This whole scene is him holding back as much as he can while uncomfortably letting out a lot. Oh, my God. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't know who won the Oscar that year, and I know he was nominated, but good God. Powerful. It was a strong year. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It was a strong year. Um, But, oh, my God, I think out of that movie, uh, if nothing else, that, that scene should be just praised endlessly to the heavens it's a top 10 horror scene i can't think i can hardly think of any other scenes to put, put it in the hall of fucking fame yeah let's do it the sunken no, I, the sunken place the this whole movie the there, there, there's a reason why this is a, a huge nothing. movie it's 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 expertly done yeah horror. that 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 scares the, the hell out of me man being lost in nothing yeah it explores that as well when it keeps people in the deadlights it just keeps them in this vast expanse of nothing where you'll never see anything, but you'll be alive. Right. Oh, my God. Or just like the horror of being in a coma yeah. and being alert but unable to move. That's when the, the John Malkovich stuff. stuff kicks yeah. in in this movie. Your body as just the avatar. And you, you being aware that it's an avatar, but that's it. Right. Seeing and hearing and knowing what's going on around you, but being in, unable to communicate or do anything about it, trapped in the body. That's And you notice... Heavy stuff. His performance... Uh, Chris, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Daniels. longer it goes, yeah. Daniel, yeah. Um, people get closer and closer when talking to him. The distance is always being closed with these people. Mm. They're getting in there, and you see he so reflexively kind of backs away and side eyes, and you're so used to him reacting and just kind of these people just keep getting more and more cutting off his space interesting the way Catherine keener was cutting off all of his options when he's reliving these memories he doesn't want to relive mm-hmm. everybody else just keeps encroaching further and further into his business it's so scary it's like right. it's social awkwardness with it's it's a horror version of being john malkovich and if society took itself seriously Society is great, hmm. but the movie guys, not the, movie the actual society. society. No, society yeah. now is terrible. <laughs> society from 1989 cinemas, brilliant. Good stuff. Lovely. Yeah. But it is like society without the same kind of laughs and the same kind of weird. Right. I feel you. A real scary well, when, society. Yeah. When this movie kind of finally turns to that last act and, and finally <sighs> turns the horror on, you know, full blast. Yeah. the the It gets really scary when... Yeah, he finally is like, I got to get out of here. His friend is told that him, was actually get the, the original of name here. of the movie. I got to get, get out of here. I got to get out of here. And they're like, uh, cut, cut the edges off shorten of that. that a little bit. Yeah, I got to um, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, that you. Do, I'll bring that opportunity to say I'm a fan of little of Lil Rel. Oh yeah, I like He's Lil Rel. He's a good comedic. Uh, I don't know. I, I do not know actually what the general consensus of him in this movie was. I was a fan. It was the it was the bathroom break the movie needed. Occasional check-ins to him. Yeah. Yeah, when things start getting really serious uh in the th- end of the second act. Yeah. 
we get a lot more of him to kind of break up yeah. the really it's horror It's like they stuff knew we the needed end. a little bit of a like him right, kind of a little walking period before we get back to running. Yeah. And I think but I think those I don't think they play as out of place. I think they fit in mm-hmm. within the vibe of the movie and little It's a good Re- subplot. I mean, he's he's track, you know, Mm-hmm. He knows Chris has gone missing. He's a TSA agent. He prides himself on being an investigator. Of <laughs> yeah. course, he's gonna fig- try to figure this shit out. He has uh, the fun role also of being like uh, the scream character who knows all about horror movies. Right. He's the guy that's like, so let me get this straight. You're going to this neighborhood. Yeah. So, like he's the guy pointing like, out. I'm the- just following the. Yeah. I'm just following <laughs> the leads here. Yeah. Sex slaves. Oh, I told you, sex slaves. Yeah. <laughs> he's. I. I love it. I think it's the perfect kind of uh, humor yeah. to insert into a movie like this. And uh, oh, it's so good. Now, we talked about us earlier, mm-hmm. and how we've been wanting to do this one because us was our intentional first episode. So I had a great experience in the theater with us. We had those perfect seats in oh, the yeah. gigantic screen. We were like right, like the best level dead center. And that movie got into my soul. Mm-hmm. That movie <laughs> scared me to death, man. And I was more scared in the theater watching us than get out. And so I said, I think I, pref- I, I think I was in the preferring us camp without trying to be too hot take. Yeah. <sighs> this viewing... Now that I've seen Us a couple of times, now that I've seen Get Out again, Get Out just pulled so far ahead. Its strengths are so good. It's uh, the it's the way it uses that comedy to break stuff up, whereas Us was pretty grim down the final stretch. Yeah. Uh, down, the, down the back two-thirds pretty of heavy. that movie. Pretty heavy. I like the mixture a little better on Get Out, and I think just overall the realism hits hard. And that realism and the realistic performances in what could be such a total trash movie. Like I said, society, much as I love it, is trash. Right. Society wouldn't it be getting, wants to be, wouldn't be getting four Oscar nominations. Yeah. It would be it's per, it knows the market it's playing to. Get out is not far from being society. Well, it could really have gone not, that, it, it could have, could have easily gone that sure. way. Yeah. Uh it went a different direction and a stronger direction. And like you said, it goes full blown horror. The other great scene, what's insane to think about, is outside of the hypnotism scene, the car keys scene, mm-hmm. the final Allison Williams heel turn reveal plays so good. I loved it the first time. I loved it even more the second time. I have looked through someone's purse trying to find a specific thing <laughs> that, that I am, was also that I am right? told is in this purse. Yeah, your girlfriend not being able to find the keys in her purse. <laughs> That's a thing. We, we've been there. <laughs> I know the gum is in there. The gum is somewhere in there. So many pockets, so many pouches. Yeah. And the whole time it's just like, Jesus, of all the times for this to happen. It's the old horror movie take on dropping the car keys when you're trying to unlock the door. Totally. You know, you're looking for a keys in a giant handbag. It's so good and it's such a scary scene. And you know something's wrong. This is beyond the point where something weird's wrong. You could also get the great. But you know, every, it's like you already know that there's a, a plot against him. Like a, it's not just in his head. You know that there's an actual plot. You know the yeah. parents are in on it, presumably the brother, but you don't know that Allison Williams is in on it. No, you, because, you're not totally sure. On yeah. rewatch, obviously, you well, know, yeah. but you're seeing the different behaviors, but it's a great enough performance that she's plausibly... Right. You, so when you Plausibly, do, if you knew what you were looking at, you would know her intentions the whole time. Right. When you do get that not reveal, yeah, it's very much like, a, oh. There's a lot of great scenes similar to Society, with one of my favorites being... Uh, the whole party stopping when Chris walks out of screen. Right. That's that thing that feels great, very Truman show. Great scene. Yeah. <laughs> very, you know, that's when it's like, okay, everything is very, you know, that's when it really ramps up. This is a performance. This mm-hmm. is a, uh, the way it, the movie pulls back curtains at all the right levels. Totally. All the right speeds. Gives you just enough to keep going and kind of, it, it really does let you figure it out on it on your own. Yeah. And Pulling it, off the masks come at a really good yeah. intervals. Uh, it's it's so strong like that throughout, and I was blown away on rewatch. Uh, that car keys scene, though, holy cow! That's a movie great. has that car keys scene and the hypnotize. Like this is legendary. This is a masterpiece <laughs> of a horror movie. 
Well, and then, uh, yeah, he he finally gets basically uh, captured, and and uh, they're going into phase yeah. three. Then it turns into like a Twin Peaks and, Rob uh, Zombie kind all, of movie. Yeah, all of a sudden he's in a basement with an old timey TV and a book. Yeah, it turns into a Saw movie. And it's uh, nuts. Yeah, then it, it it's a whole nother level. Yeah, and, and I love it. We get this whole <laughs> cult. Now we finally figure out we're, we're dealing with like a cult. You've got the yeah. uh, what do they call it the uh, I, w- I want to say Caligula, but it's Coagula. Coagulae, yeah. Something like that, the, the, this long-time it's a, cult. It's a cult. It's insane. I and love it. we finally get, uh, on this podcast, we've been talking about a certain actor. Uh, oh, yeah. We you get, finally we, get your chance to talk about Richard Hurd. You talk about making the most <laughs> of your screen time. Richard Hurd uh, recently passed away. Beloved actor. We'll be, we'll be doing some, some Hurd cast coming up we here. might get more to it but yeah it was funny we've been talking about him and then, we, yeah, yeah but he keeps showing he up in stuff that uh once he passed away it was just like oh man i really like that guy and so he's really been someone that i keep yeah even i've been really diving into more but he's been weirdly popping up in places like he showed up on a murder she wrote that i was watching and <laughs> you're also like, weirdly watching 35 year old TV well, series. yeah, you know he's on Seinfeld. <laughs> he keeps uh, popping up on all these forty-year-old the, shows. And all the shows that I sought out because Richard Hurd was in them. Um, sure, sure. There's that. Fair enough, right? <laughs> um, but I love his three minutes in this movie oh, yeah. as the leader of this cult. He's a cult founder. It's so good. As what Armitage? Uh, Armitage? Something? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Something Armitage. I think. Oh no! Where do you go on my little thing? Here he is, Roman Armitage. Oh, Roman, such yeah. a good name. And uh, yeah, he you you. But even then, when he's explaining kind of that this cult is going to be uh, using Chris, you don't even really get the full story there, even. But you get just enough more yeah. to know that the you know it's like it's so great the steps that it takes. Yeah, you I love that Roman Armitage. Such a such a great use of a character. Richard Hurd didn't really do a ton of horror work. Uh, he's done so much cool genre stuff, but limited horror stuff. But his horror stuff is memorable, mm. and th- I include that in uh, this performance in that category because yeah. everybody's kind of familiar with his role, mostly from Seinfeld, which is really similar to a lot of his characters. But he's playing that guy, but as a mean, <laughs> dark-hearted man, right? As and an so evil it's this weird scientist. guy wearing like an aquamarine polo shirt, tucked into khakis, but also an evil cult leader. I love it. The video is the yeah. The video you see of Roman explaining what the co- coagula is. It's like straight out of like a welcome to this golf course in 1975. Yeah, tour video tour. Yeah, kind it's of a thing. video tour of the hotel you're staying uh, at. Exactly. It's so weird. And the movie Perfect goes, fit, though. Yeah, it's such a great horror movie being John Malkovich. It's being John Malkovich is one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time. And this is such a great, like, what if we made that more horror? Yeah. And oh, my God, it's so good. They're talking brain transplants. Yeah, we we you know we finally do. Yeah, we've, we 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 learn about this cult. brain transplants. We uh, Stephen Root comes back to really give us the nitty gritty. Great comeback scene. You're going to be Root. a passenger. Uh, I'll be controlling everything. I want your eyes. I want the things you see out of. Just what, awesome. My favorite thing on rewatch that's of the second Stephen Root scene. Yeah, was that he's not BSing him. Right. He's the guy who's fully being like, "Look, I'll answer. I'll answer any other questions you might have." Right. We're and, gonna be. We're gonna get to know each other pretty well here pretty soon. But even. <laughs> but he's such a different, meaner person here. But you get that he wasn't being insincere in his first scene. Right. He was being genuine with Chris. He didn't feel good about this necessarily. Right. Um, but there was a, you know, he was sincere in his admiration for Chris. That's why he wanted to be him. And so his second scene is so dark and so blunt in some ways. Mm-hmm. But he's not BSing him. You know, he's it's being true. like, hey, you know. It sucks, it's but... Almost, it, yeah, he's almost got this kind of like, you know, it is what it is. And there's maybe there's that element This is of, just what happens. You know, this is what we do. It's like, maybe, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into like, maybe white people just walk all over black people without even thinking about it kind of a thing. But yeah, how, he covets, how about that? He covets Chris's talent, you know? He uh, is going to 
have a new life as a successful photographer in in his mind. I think as yeah as Chris now. So it's the the idea of profiting off of Chris's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. It's uh, but it's it's great. And then you get to see him get like fully lobotomized after that, which <laughs> yeah. is fun too. The movie's nothing but these great scenes, play showing how expert horror master this guy is, Jordan Peele. Yeah, the auction scene. Where you've been weirdly seeing old white people kind of feel his muscles, and it's like, geez, they're like you expect him to like look at how his teeth are mm-hmm. at a certain point. You know, something's about to happen like that. But then when you're seeing an auction and see, it's just like, oh my gosh! Every one yeah. of those scenes, though, is handled so well and just filmed so great. You get this great man hunting man finale. You know, the movie just nails all these different genres of horror. But within a, like, man, this guy's having an awful weekend. Like, <laughs> You're really this, having the worst weekend. It is somehow yeah. a relatable story as the movie gets more and more intentionally off the rails. He's so relatable that you're still just like, oh, geez. Now we're, now this, now this uh, hypnotized woman's waking up in my car and she's. Yeah. You know, like, Dude, that scene where she kind of comes to in the car and slowly turns towards him. I know. It's, uh, yeah, every bit of it. and The whole movie, every kind of horror that it tries to tackle, it just does it so strong. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive. It was playing so big for me last night. I wish I could yeah. see it in the theater again. Seeing those close-ups, especially during his hypnotism scene, and just seeing his face like on the big... God, seeing, I want to see it on a big screen again. I have an okay TV, but it doesn't beat a theater screen. Yeah. I don't know. It no. sucks that these newer movies don't get revival screenings. You know, it was yeah. It, you're not going to see that one pop up on a cult cult yeah. night. Probably. I got to wait for a decade to see it again <laughs> on a big screen. Damn it. Yeah. So I don't know. I love it. I love this movie so much. It's one of the most famous horror movies of the last decade and all time for a reason. For a reason. It's it's going to do nothing but continue to age better and better. I think it's got to be one of the best of the of the decade. Um, for horror, for oh, sure. For movies in general, I mean, it would like, finish very high on it. I a enjoy. List it's like me. I enjoy modern horror movies. Like I like the new Halloween, and you know, I, I enjoy stuff from this decade. But nothing really scares me. This movie, I think, this one scares me. Within our own lives, I think, in our movie viewing uh, history together, I think this movie really reinvigorated uh, big screen horror for us. Uh, I know we, yeah. we we always have loved going to the movie theater and watching movies here on big, long days, but I really started going back to see more genre stuff after this movie. My love affair with Third Street Cinemas really kicked into gear mm-hmm. in like 2017. That, yeah. I loved seeing this movie and these visuals and this horror and being so scared again on the big screen. I was like, I need to be just getting back into this. Mm-hmm. That's really what kicked it all back off for me. And then after that, we really made it a point to see stuff like that. That's when that's what really kicked off our theater genre experience again. We that's when we saw it. I was going to say special premiere. It would have been probably what six, seven months later. Was uh-huh. it, was it the first yeah. one, two thousand seventeen? No, was this, that later? Get Out came earlier. Okay, yeah, but yeah, uh, that really kicked us off going to more like we need to see this opening, opening night. This night. is a big horror movie, like for sure. For and that's sure. and when we saw Us opening night again. I think Get Out was the movie that really started that. Because, yeah, it came out, I think you're right, six months after right. Get Out. So I think Get Out is so important, not just for horror in general, but for our genre viewing in big screen theaters. You can say this was the that was what planted the seeds of doing this podcast. I could definitely see that. And, and the idea of it kind of uh, re-legitimizing or, or further legitimizing horror as, as a genre. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've gotten a lot of really good indie horror movies since then. Oh, it's so when important. Before, we were still getting Saw 7 and... Yeah, this is like what Sopranos was, did really for, for cable TV dramas. Oh, yeah. You know, once, it was, like, once sure. people saw how people would subscribe to one channel just to watch this show. Well, and, and, and also, like, uh, giving Jordan Peele a $4 million budget and it making... 200 Man. million or whatever it did yeah then all of a sudden studios are going well let's give that talented person four yeah. million dollars and see what they can do i mean we would not be getting you know? stuff like hereditary uh, right. midsummer i was just gonna say any of this yeah you don't I have mean, that i know this. We, we they're not our favorites but stuff like a quiet place all mm-hmm. that stuff 
uh, would not be around to nearly the same degree without this movie. Right. This movie really like this is this really legitimized mainstream horror. Bloomhouse. This this is what made yeah. Bloomhouse, Bloomhouse able yeah. to make all the other crap that <laughs> they make now. I see and good stuff. Seems like every you know? third movie I see at Third Street Cinemas is Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse related for sure. Yeah. yeah. But you look at their success rate. It's good. It's good. This feels like you know. You, everybody talks about different periods for genres. Like we're clearly in a horror renaissance just because more money than ever is being thrown at horror movies. Mm-hmm. The bubble might burst eventually. It has to happen. But people are throwing money at genre stuff now like never before. It's crazy. And a movie like this is so important. This is a movie we're going to be looking back as a legendary top 10 movie in 20 plus years. It's going to have that staying power. It's so important to horror. Just nothing but blown away by this flick. I think it's come to this. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this (laughs) So you liked the movie. I liked the movie. I think we're both thumbs up on the movie. Thumbs up on the movie for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm (laughs) Charlie. I'm Eric. It has come to this. We will see you guys next week. Good night.